today. Thank you for being here so much. Um, it's exciting to be able to uh, bring the Word of God to you this morning. It's always a humbling and exciting experience, so thank you. Um, I thank the pastor and his wife. Um, hopefully they have a great uh, rest and, and rejuvenation and come back ready uh, to just continue to lead us. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're just going to jump right into the message this morning. Um, if you would, please turn with me to Psalms chapter 137. I'm not near as tall as Pastor is, man. The title of my message this morning is uh, Remember. I want to take us on a uh, bit of a journey today, journey of the past. I I, I think um, it's great to be able to remember our past, remember what God has done for us. So we're going to take a look at that today. If you would turn to Psalm chapter 137, verse 1. It says, By the river of Babylon there set down ye, we wept when we remembered Zion. Verse 5 of the same chapter says, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget his skill. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. I've come to realize that we celebrate days and months and years with anniversaries, birthdays, different times of our lives that we we, we are in a, a special time, a special moment. I've come to realize that it's not so much the dates and the months and the years that stay with us. It's not so much just the everyday life that we live or the everyday we get up, we go to work, we, we, uh, um, you know, we, we take care of the kids, we take care of the family. It's not those kind of things that stick with us. I have been married to Michelle for 37 years. This month, right? We celebrate our 37th anniversary this month. I was, yeah, that wouldn't be a very good ride home, would it, if I uh, got that one wrong. But um, 37 years that we've been together, I don't remember every moment in every um, day of those 37 years, but there are specific anniversaries that I remember. I remember when we were young and just married that um, we would celebrate our first or second, third anniversary, and we would always go to one of our favorite steakhouses and have a steak, and I remember the, those moments that were very special. They were some anniversaries that, honestly, I, I just don't remember. But then there are some, yeah, I know it, it's, uh, uh, Rudy, it's, it's hard to believe, but, you know, there are just some that I don't remember. But there are those that are very special to me, and hopefully that you would have the same too. I remember moments and memories. I have come to understand what matters in life is the moments and the memories that we make. Michelle always mentions that whenever we're doing something with the kids that we're making memories. That's one of her favorite sayings is that, and believe me, we've, we've made some memories uh, in those 37 years and with our kids. There's 
We've, we've uh, hopefully given them opportunity to experience life and to experience memories. And those memories we should cherish and hold very closely. All life is really about is the moments and memories. Memories are very important because they define who you are. Memories are the things that you talk about when the kids are all gone and you're sitting on the couch sipping hot chocolate and you just begin to reminisce and remember all of the good times, all of the uh, uh, birthdays and all of the uh, different things that you've had in your life. I remember my 21st birthday. It was a very special time. Me and Michelle had just gotten married. I'd never flown on an airplane before. 21 years old. It was about 1980-something. But uh, <laughs> I had never flown on an airplane. And Michelle, we got up on Saturday. No clue. had no clue what was going on. So we got up on a Saturday. She said, get up, dress, and, you know, look nice. Get on some nice clothes because tonight we're going to go out to eat for your birthday. I said, great, wonderful, sounds good. She said, uh, after we got dressed and got ready and we left the house, it was a little bit early, and I was a little bit confused, but I thought, well, you know, maybe she wanted to go to the mall, wanted to go shopping, go do some things before we uh, went to dinner. And she said, I'll drive. Okay, that's a little different, but hey, it's my birthday. I'm going to take it, okay? We drive straight to the airport. This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We drive straight to the airport, and now I'm, like, totally confused. We're having dinner at the airport, okay? She said, no. No, she said, I book a flight. We're headed to Dallas. There's a restaurant that we have reservations in Dallas. We're going to eat in Dallas. We're going to go downtown for a little while. Then after that, we're going to get back on the airplane and fly home. Very special time, very special moment in my life that I'll never forget. I remember when our first son was born. I remember the joy that we had in the hospital room when after nine months of um, pregnancy and just the anticipation, and um, once he was born, they put him in my arms and just the joy and the excitement that we had. I remember that I'll never forget the moment when the doctor handed him to me and I just held him for the very first time. It was... uh, It was amazing to see what God had created. But little did I know, 18 months later, we would be sitting in front of a doctor that would tell us some of the most horrific news that we could not even imagine about our beautiful son, that he was born with a chromosome disorder. He would be handicapped for the rest of his life. If he was lucky to make it to two, we would be blessed and I stand before you today to let you know that he just turned 33, four, 33 this year. Amen. Hallelujah. But those times, those memories, I, I never forget they're etched in my mind. And I knew at that moment that we were going to have to trust God like we've never trusted God before. I knew that that was a a, a moment in a time in our life that was going to alter everything that we ever known and everything that we wanted to do. I remember the times that we traveled as evangelists and uh, uh, we traveled for several years and and, uh, they were great times. Uh, There were so many memories 
as we traveled at what God had done and, and, and what we've seen God do. But there was this one particular memory that just stood out as I was um, working on this message that uh, um, just, just came to me. And we were at a, a church in Colorado. It was uh, Salida, Colorado, up in the mountains, beautiful. The weather was amazing. There was um, hot springs that fed into swimming pools that you could go and swim, and, and, and the water was like bath warm, and it was just amazing. And we were staying at this church. It was a church kind of like this. It had Sunday school rooms, and they had put us up in the Sunday school rooms, and um, uh, Brayton was just a little thing, and, and uh, we had heard the day before the pastor, I guess a, a bear had gotten the trash and had tore up some of the trash. I mean, we were like, these were mountains, you know. I mean, there was town, but we were, the church was kind of up in the mountains. So me and Brayden, we were so excited that we're going to see us a bear, you know. I don't, we stayed up all night long, you know, looking outside. I would go outside, flip on the car headlights because I had parked a car where it would just shine right on the trash can, you know, so that we could, uh, uh, we were going to see us a bear, you know, and no bear, you know. It was a long night, but no bear. I remember, I remember when um, gas was 50 cents. <laughs> I mean, who would have ever thought that we would pay over $5 a gallon for gas, you know. I, I remember, um, I, I need to do something. I, I'm, I don't do this often, so I get to mess up a little bit, okay. So I need to rewind just a little bit. Because God told me to do something this morning, and I didn't write it down. That was my first mistake. So I need to do it. Now get out your calendar. Get out your calendar. Your phone, if you use it. And I want you to mark in your calendar, today is March the 6th, that this day, on March the 6th, God done something wonderful in my life. Write it down. Put it in your calendar. By faith today, I believe that God is going to do something wonderful in your life today. Amen. This is a highly participation sermon, okay? I'm a highly participating person. I want you to help me and participate. This is just not me preaching this morning, but this is you seeking and going after God. As I said, I remember, I remember as a kid, you could wake up in the morning on Saturday and sit and watch cartoons for hours and hours. Roadrunner, how many of you remember the Roadrunner, you know? I mean, uh, Tom and Jerry, I mean, these were classics, man. I, I got one for you, how about this? I'm, I'm going to try to date some of you here just a little bit, but just bear with me, okay? Um, during those cartoons, they would have a commercial. Chris, you know where I'm going with this? Uh, it was a piece of paper that would set on a bunch of stairs, which was the Capitol, and he was a bill. How many of you remember, I'm a bill, <laughs> I'm a bill, you know, and the legislation. I mean, that's how kids, we learned about the government was through the bill, you know, that, the, that would always come on during the commercials, you know. I remember, um, how many of you remember, and how many of you remember the cap guns, the old cap guns, remember those? Remember the smell of the gunpowder, you know? It's just like, cap, 
oh, you know, fireworks. I just love the smell of those things, you know. I mean, there, there were uh, times in, in our past, in our history, that, you know, sometimes we just forget about them, but, but we need to remember those things. God understands the importance of moments. God understands the power of a memory. There are some times that God, there are some things that God does in your life so that you can define your relationship with him on that moment. And I pray today, this morning, that this morning is one of those moments that you can define your relationship with God because of that a benchmark moment that God stepped in your everyday life, that God stepped into your everyday normalness and came in such a way and stirred your heart and stirred your life that it changes the trajectory of your life today, that nothing, when you leave this place this morning, that nothing is the same because of your love and your excitement for Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. A benchmark moment is what they're called. God told Moses of the Passover. You guys know the Passover um, when the... Um, Israelites were in Egypt and they were enslaved there for over 200 years. They were uh, uh, slaves to the Egyptian and God finally had heard their cries and heard their prayers. And he spoke to Moses at the backside of the desert and, and, and Moses hesitates. Moses had a moment like none other. I mean, do you not think that if you were in front of a bush that was burning but not consumed that you might remember that? You know, I mean, like when times got tough, you could say, I, I remember back in the bush was burning God. I mean, come on, you know, that was a benchmark moment for, for Moses. But see, God knew that he was going to need that moment when he, wept, when he walked up and faced Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened time and time again. God told Moses that the Passover was going to happen, that the death angel was going to come, and that the firstborn of every child was going to be slain, except for those that would take the blood of a lamb and paint them over the doorpost of the house. And those that were inside the lamb's blood would be saved. It was a benchmark moment. which became a point of reference for over a thousand years. Am I not the God that brought you out of Egypt? Am I not the God that led you through the wilderness? Am I not the God that delivered you out of the hands of Pharaoh? Am I not the God that opened up the Red Sea so that you could walk on dry ground to your victory? That one moment was done so that everything that they faced they could face with faith, knowing that if God did it then, he can do it now. I don't know what it is that God has done in your past. I don't know what it is that God moved upon you and shook you and, and, and done in your life. But I'm here this morning to stir that up inside of you and let you know that God's not done with you yet. That God still has a plan and a purpose for you. And he wants to fulfill that purpose. It may be laying dormant this morning. It may be laying in, in, in shreds this morning. But I tell you what, 
We serve a God that wants to stir up inside of us a new work and a new way. If God did it then, he can do it now. In the New Testament, Jesus had the Passover dinner. Dewey, I mean, uh, Rudy, can you come help me a minute? We're going to move this here just a little bit. Move it a little bit closer. In the New Testament, God instituted the, 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 the uh, communion. And he sat at the table with the disciples that were there. And, and um, he took the bread that was there and he told them, this is my body, which is broken for you. He took the cup and said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. See Ron running to the camera. <laughs> and in that one moment, In that one moment, sitting at that table with those 12, Jesus changed history. For what was once looked back upon as the Passover, what God did in Egypt, how God delivered them in Egypt, how God took them out of slavery, how God set them on a road for victory as God began to lead them and guide them, Jesus in that moment changed it from the Passover to the communion. No longer to remember the blood on the post uh, that was shed on the cross of Jesus Christ. No longer to remember the death angel that came around, but to remember the life that Jesus gave us on the cross. Now we just we, we, we read about the Passover and we see what God did, but now we have a new benchmark. We have a new uh, line drawn in the sand that we can look at and know that what Jesus did for us, he can do it today. Know that when we Jesus was hanging on that cross, he had us in mind, knowing that when Jesus was there, he took the penalty for sin, sickness, and death, knowing that no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're facing today, that what Jesus did on the cross that night at the communion, he set a new time, something that we can look back on and reflect and know that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He took the bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, eat. And he said, as often as you do this, do it in, thank you, remembrance of me. He replaced the blood of a lamb with the blood of Jesus. I'm going to give you a new memory, he said. As often as you do this, remember me. We're going to take communion in just a little bit, and we're going to remember what God has done in your life. You need to remember. You need to never forget what Jesus has done in your life. I know that there are times that Jesus has done some great and amazing things in your life. Michelle, as I prepared this message this morning, I remembered, <laughs> I remembered Grandma. Oh, she was a preacher. God called her to ministry when she was like 14 years old. She had seen some times. She grew up in the Assemblies of God, became 
one of the very few um, ordained assembly of God minister, uh, women ministers in the assemblies of God. And boy, that lady could preach, Michelle, couldn't she? Woo, she had those high heels on. When she gets it jumping, waving that hanky around, preaching and worshiping God. Oh, those, um, those were benchmark times that set Michelle's family and the heritage of her family in, in a direction toward Christ. Those were the moments in that, that, that we need to remember when times are tough. I remember as a teenager, grew up a Catholic boy, altar boy, first communion, first confirmation, catechism, the whole thing. Then mom and dad, we moved uh, from Louisiana up to Oklahoma. If you wonder where the accent comes from, it's an oaky Cajun, some sort of mix of accent there. But uh, we moved from uh, uh, Louisiana to, to, to Oklahoma, and, and um, we started going to Assembly of God Church. And uh, the first Sunday night that we were ever there, there was a minister there. His name was uh, Chief McPherson. He was a full Native American Indian and um, um, uh, was just a, a magnificent preacher. I had never heard anybody preach like that before. I mean, in the Catholic Church, you know, if you like, you know, whispered to my brother or whatever. You know, my dad, he'd like, pow, reach in the back of it, hit you in the back of the head like, shut up, boy. You know what I mean? I was just, you know, but in this church, I mean, they were singing. They were clapping. They were laughing. You know, the minister, he was telling jokes, and everybody was laughing. It was a great time. We loved it, you know, and I didn't know at that moment what God began to do in my life. But, you know, a few years later, I would go to a youth camp. I remember a youth camp. You know, remember those? You know, I mean, powerful times when 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 the, they would have the altar call and just hundreds of kids would just woo, hit the altar and then God would just begin to move. And I would stand in that altar and just lift up my hand and say, God, here am I. Lord, here am I. Use me. Lord, here am I. I dedicate my life to you. Use me in a great way. And I didn't even know really what I was asking. I didn't know what I was praying at the time. But God began to put a call in my heart and in my soul. And a few years later, we would, I would go to school and I would be ordained with the Assemblies of God. And me and Michelle would begin to travel and evangelize. And, and then we pastored. And, 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 and I began to live out that calling that God had put in me. I remember those youth camps at that altar just saying, God, here I am. But little did I know exactly what that would mean. Braden, thanks for being here today. I remember my son when we pastored, he, would, he, um, he plays the keyboard. He's been trained since he was two, taking schooling. And I remember, I mean, there's so much I remember, but Braden would play the keyboard, and he had a little keyboard over here, not a very big one. And then he had his full bone one like that one right here. And he would just stand up there on Sunday morning playing playing the keys like this as we sing and, and worship, you know. I mean, those were powerful times, and, and we don't need to forget those. I, I want to stir up memories today inside of you like never before. I want you to begin to think, what has God done in the past, and what do you need God to do today? Because I tell you what, if he did it then, he can do it now. And I believe that God wants to stir us in a way like we've never seen before. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We must remember because there's something 
Because there are some things that when we lose them, we don't know if we're ever going to get them back or not. That is why we must cherish the moments when you have them because you have no guarantee that if you lose that moment, you will ever get it back. Do, not, do you not know that the enemy wants you to lose? Do you not know that the enemy wants you to lose what defines you, what makes you distinctive? Your integrity, your class, your personality, your uniqueness. Understand the Bible tells us that there is a, an enemy that's roaring like a lion after you. And he would love nothing more than to steal your joy and to steal your uniqueness. Understand that there'll never be another you. There'll never be another me. And Michelle said, Amen. 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 Glory. <laughs> the enemy wants to destroy you so that you give up on being you. He wants you to trade in a designed original for a cheap imitation. Because when we are not all that God wants us to be, we are nothing more than an imitation. As the Bible tells us that we are created in the image and the likeness of God. And if we do not reflect that, then all we are is a cheap imitation. Remember what God has done for you. I remember just, um, I told you about our oldest son, and he was about two, three, four years old. He had chronic urinary tract infections, chronic, antibiotic. Next week, we're at the doctor again. Urinary tract infection, another antibiotic, a little powerful antibiotic. This one here, this one there, nothing. Nothing seemed to help. Went on for a year. A year in and out of the doctors, the hospitals. We drove from Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Oklahoma City to the children's hospital with him so they could do some tests there and x-rays and trying to figure out why, why they couldn't get rid of this uh, chronic urinary tract infection. And then... We were at one of our home churches in Oklahoma, and um, Mark Perkins. Anybody remember Mark Perkins? Maybe a southern guy. But uh, Mark Perkins, a powerful evangelist. We were in the middle of a revival. How many of you remember revivals? Come on, man. You know, how many of you remember? You remember revivals, but how many of you this morning remember when a revival lasted a full week? Maybe two weeks if God began to move, amen? You know, nowadays it's like Friday night revival. Amen, sister. Hallelujah. But we were in the midst of a revival. God was moving just about the time of Brownsville as well. How many of you remember Brownsville? Amen. And Michelle felt compelled just out of, during the, we were at the altar service that she would go get Chase out of the nursery and bring him in and um, have Mark pray for him. The pastor, we gathered around, anointed him with oil, prayed for him. Once again, benchmark moment. I'll never forget. Wasn't powerful. Wasn't like God just shook the earth. 
and the heaven bells begin to ring, and it was just, no, it was just a moment. But he never had another urinary tract in since that moment. Since that moment, hallelujah. Never one had a urinary tract infection again. We must remember because we find ourselves in a strange place today. We find ourselves in a place that we've never been before. Never before have we been in a, a situation like this in the world. What's going on around us with the pandemic and, 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 and the war and um, all of these different things. It's, I've, I've, I've never seen a time like this. I've never seen a time in history where I believe that we need God more now than we ever did. I know maybe 20 years ago you've heard ministers say that, say you need God more now than you've ever needed him before, but I believe that it's more true now than it ever has before. I remember 9-11. I mean, I've seen a lot of things in my life. I'm most of you guys' age, some younger. I've seen a lot of things in my life. You've seen a lot of things in your life, but I've never seen nothing like the time that we live in now. I remember 9-11. I remember the morning that we woke up, we were in Cortez, Colorado. We were evangelizing. We had done a service. We got up the next morning. I turned on the TV. We were staying at a propane shop. Is, but in the back of the propane shop, they had like a, a little apartment back there, you know. I mean, some of the places we stayed is just amazing. But, uh, um, but it was a nice apartment. We were, we were thankful to have it because it wasn't a motel room or it wasn't um, a Sunday school room. It was a, we had our own place, you know. And I got up and I turned on the TV. And when I turned on the TV, I seen, I mean, like just seconds after I turned on the TV, I seen what would be the second plane fly into the World Trade Center. And I thought, what is going on? I mean, I was still kind of waking up, you know. Um, uh, we were evangelists, so it was kind of 9 o'clock in the morning, you know. But uh, um, I was just kind of waking up and, and thinking, is this real? Is it in a minute the news is going to come on and talk about some movie that's coming out and there's going to be a big blockbuster hit of, you know, planes running into the Trade Center and, 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 and crumbling. And, and I just kept waiting. I kept waiting for something to clue me into what was going on. And the more I watched it, the more I realized that um, this is real. This is a moment that America will never forget. A moment in history, in time. I remember the Gulf War. I, I, I remember coming home from work and there again turning on the TV and the president announcing that we are going to war and what that meant to me. One of my uncles had, had enlisted and went to the Gulf War and served in the Gulf War. And I remember Columbine. How many of you remember Columbine, you know? I mean, that's, that, 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 that shocked our world right there, that rocket. I, I, the, the picture of those kids running out of that school with their hands up. I mean, we'd never seen that before. Never have we seen such a horrific event that, that, that somebody would take a weapon inside uh, uh, something as safe as a school 
and begin to open up fire on his kids. And they come running out in fear and trembling. And the, the, the fear that would be on those kids' face, it, we'd, never, we'd never seen that before. And, and it's almost sad to think today that it doesn't stir us like it used to. The kids doesn't seem to be as afraid as what they used to because it's become such a common place. But I've never seen a time like this. I've seen a lot in my life. I've seen God do a lot of things. I've seen history happen right before my eyes. But I believe that we are in a place today that we've never been before. I believe in moments in times. I believe that just a a little over four years ago that that, that God began to stir inside this little oaky oaky man's heart to move to Illinois. I believe that God began to stir me and my family to move up here so that we could be with my son, which had then had our first grandson. And I know that's what it looked like is that we were moving up here to be close to our, our son and our family there. But I tell you this morning, I believe in moments and I believe in memories and today that God had a moment in our lives to move to Illinois so that I could stand up before you today and tell you, don't forget the dream. Don't forget the dream that God's put in your heart, in your life. You may not have seen it come to pass yet, but can I tell you this morning that God's still at work in your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, here or online, but I tell you this morning, do not forget the dream. God can stir up inside of you. God can do more in a moment right now than you can do in a lifetime. All you have to do is trust in Him. I'm here today to stir your heart. I'm here today to tell you that dream is not dead, that God still wants to work in your life. Don't forget the moments and times that God did in you. I came this morning to remind you of the greatness of God. The greatness of God. How God. How great is our God. How many of you remember that song? How great. I know, I know. Amen. <laughs> but isn't our God great? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord right now, would you? worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just worship the Lord right now. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. God's in this place today. God's here today. I don't know if you if you've never preached before you not fully understand what I'm fixing to say, but whenever you preach, you work on a message. Pastor asked me a couple weeks ago to, if I would like to minister today, I told him yes. I've been dealing with this for two weeks. God deals with the minister before he deals with you. And I hope today that you can feel the heaviness and the urgency of knowing that what God has done in the past, God's not through. God's not through. Hallelujah. There are three things. That was just my introduction. Now I'm going to get into the message. 
Hallelujah. Get into the message here this morning. Thank you for being here, everybody. Hope you got time, but hope that roast don't burn in the oven. But there's three things I want to leave with you this morning. Three things that I want you not to forget. Number one, Number one, that the situation that you're in doesn't define who you are. The situation that you're in doesn't define who you are. I I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know where you're at with God. I don't know what God's doing in your life. I don't know the situations that you're in. I don't know the hard times, the the great times. I don't don't know where you're at, but I want to tell somebody this morning, okay? I want to tell somebody this morning that the situation that you are in doesn't define who you are. The enemy would love uh, the, the, the enemy would try to tell you that you were not good enough and he does. OK, um, that, that you don't have what it takes and he will. He will try to tell you that, that that you're not good enough and he will do that. You need to tell the enemy that I will <coughs> tell the enemy that I may be in this, but I am not this. Whatever the situation you're in, you may be in that situation. It may be real as the concrete that we're standing on today. The situation that you're in, but that is not you. You may be in it, but you're, it is not you. That is not who you are. You're not in. You may be in the situation, but you are not the situation. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. Maybe it's you or somebody online, but you need to tell the devil that uh, you need to let the devil know. Just because of the, oh yeah, <laughs> let the devil know that the situation that you're in is just temporary. It's just a temporary situation that you were in. You might be in a storm right now. You might be broken right now, but don't believe it. Tell the enemy that he have made, he may have taken something from you, but he has not taken your memory. I still remember. I still remember what God has done in the past, and and maybe some of you that has been in this church for a long time, you may you may remember when 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 this when things were great and and this place was full and and God was moving in a great way and and I feel like God stirred me this morning to tell you that 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 if we can remember that God can make it happen again. If we can remember what God did in this building once before, He can do it again. He's not done with this church. He's not done with this building. I believe that we are here for a purpose, and God wants to fulfill that purpose in us. But maybe what we need to do is just step back for a moment and remember what God's done so that what he did then, he can do now. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. This is not who we are. Who we are is a child of God. We have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Who am I? I am a a king's son. I am a king's daughter. I am bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. He has set my feet on a rock to stay. All I have to do is remember what God has done. No matter how the storm comes in, no matter how the enemy tries to flood you, no matter how the enemy tries to overtake you, what we have to do is pull up our bootstraps and remember who we are. We are a child of God. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We serve the mightiest God that there ever was. There's never been a God that's been any bigger or better than our God. 
Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Yes, give the Lord praise this morning, would you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, that the memories define your identity. Your memories defines your identity. Tell the enemy that you can knock me down, but you can't set me back. You may take it away, but you can't take my memory away. When me and Michelle moved to Illinois, our other son that's not here, our twin son, stayed in Oklahoma. He was going to Bible college at ORU for a year. Then he came home for a little while. Then as he was here, he decided he wanted to move to Chicago. So we packed him up and um, took him to Chicago. He had found a, a room. There was a house with some guys in it. He was renting a room about the size of that rug. No, I think it was smaller than that rug. <laughs> and um, we moved him in there, and I'll, I'll never forget. It was another one of those moments because me and Michelle were scared to death. I mean, you know, we'd only been in Illinois for a couple of years, or a year or so, really, and he moves. He's going to Chicago. I hugged him. He's, he's, a, he's bigger than me. He's tall, big kid. And I hugged him, and I, I told him then, I said, I love you, man. I'll never forget who you are. We got in the car. Tears running down our face, or mine. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a crier. I'm just a crier. Um, I, I believe that um, as soon as our taillights got out of his sight, spiritual amnesia came in. He didn't remember who he was. Remember who you are, kids. Remember what mom and dad has instilled in you. Never forget that, no matter where you go, no matter what you do. And maybe you're here today, and, and you know what I'm talking about. You didn't raise him that way. That's not what you instilled in them. It's not the direction that you had for their life. Even today, he still hasn't come to the realization of who he is. Still struggling, still wondering. Maybe you have a son or a daughter or a loved one that's struggling the same way. They, they have forgotten who they are. I remember Michelle that when he and me, Courtney were just a baby, we stood up in front of the church and we held them in our arms and gave them to the pastor and his wife and they held them in their arms and they began to pray blessings and we de we dedicated him to, to God at, at a baby. We dedicated to him. That's who he is. That's who he grew up. And I know, I know in my heart and in my soul that, um, and I want to encourage you today because I believe the same thing for your loved one as well that there's going to be an awakening inside of him. There's going to be a moment, boom, when the Holy Spirit's going to move upon him. I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know what he's going to be doing, but I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen because we, it, 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 he, he is not who he is. 
He is not who he was created to be. He was created to be in the image and likeness of God. And, and until he comes back to that realization, because I believe that in a moment that the Holy Spirit is going to hit him and who he is is going to begin to flood up inside of him. He's going to begin to remember the youth camp. He's going to be remembered the, the, the trips that he had. He's going to remember the times in church that he would pray and he would worship God. He's going to remember those things. And as he does, God's going to begin to stir his heart. And I believe that God's going to be able to use him in a great, in a mighty way. He's going to have a story that he could stand up before a congregation someday, a group of boys, a group of men, whatever, and say, I remember when I was running from God. I remember the misery that I was in. I remember how I felt. I remember the emotions that was upon me when I knew that I wasn't who I was supposed to be and have a powerful testimony to let someone know that they can be all that God wants them to be. Don't give up on them yet. Don't give up on them yet. I don't care how long this pandemic lasts. I don't care how much... How many, how many troubles you go through. I don't care how tough it gets. Don't forget who you are. I don't care what, what kind of bombs that the enemy tries to bring against your life or against your family. Don't forget who you are. Hold on to the, the memories. that They are not, uh, hold on to your memories. They are not a person in this room that God has not done something in your life that is evident that he is God in your life. you to close your eyes I'm, I'm not done yet but just close your eyes you guys are probably thinking oh my goodness he's almost done there's not a person in this room or online listening today that God has not done something in your life I want you to begin to focus on that moment right now you know what it is you know where you were. Begin to remember that. Hallelujah. I want you just to begin to thank him for that moment right now. Begin to thank him for that moment that he moved in your life, that set your life in a different trajectory. Maybe it was the, the day that you got saved and you said yes to him. Maybe it was the time that a loved one got saved. Maybe it was the time that God healed your body and you knew then that God had done something. You knew that that was a moment that you will never forget. Think about it today. What's God done? What's God done in your life? remember a message we were in Blanchard, Oklahoma Michelle was leading worship it was time for me to come up and preach I walked up to the, the pulpit and I stood there I couldn't say a word I tried I tried, I tried to Silence in a church, especially a Pentecostal church, is, is awkward. You know, it's awkward. 
somebody say something. I don't know, you know, just worship the Lord, do something. And it was, we just stood there. And I heard one over here just begin to weep. Another one begin to weep. Another one, another one, another one. Tears began streaming down my face. One of the best sermons I've ever preached, and I didn't speak a word. Remember today what God's done in your life. He's not through with you. He's not through with your loved ones. He's not done with my son. I know that. Just take a moment to remember. Number three. Why do we value more in retrospect than we do in real time? Why do we value more in retrospect than in real time? As we look back at those moments today in this times in your life, why do we value them more now than we did then? Why did they not seem more significant in the moment than what they might now? I hope that as I challenge you this morning that we don't just let the memories pass us by. We don't let the moments just pass us by. Whether it be family, whether it be friends or church, we just don't let those things pass us by. Sometimes we don't appreciate what we have until we lose it. We don't value a good job. We wake up in the morning and say, God, I got to go to that place again, <laughs> you know, but, but we don't value a good job. We don't value good friends until we lose them. You know, man, that was one of the greatest friends we ever had, and now I don't even know where they're at. I don't know what they're doing. I've lost touch of them. We, we, we don't value the things in the moment. A good ministry, maybe God has done something in your life in that ministry, and you don't value that, that ministry the way that you should have back when you're in the midst of it or a moment that God's done in your life, something that God moved in your life. At the time, you didn't see it as that big a deal. But now that you look back on upon it and you see what God was doing in your life and how he was orchestrating things, that that one moment back then is what got you through that situation now. But back then, we didn't see it that way. Church, can we begin to see the moments in the moment? Can we begin to realize that when, 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 when we're in a moment of God, when, when we're in a moment of, of, of the Holy Spirit moving in a great way in our life and, and we're stirred in such a way that we can just ask God, what are you doing, God? I want to value this moment so that when I get to where you want me to go, that I will be prepared. I won't be taken by surprise. I won't be taken back or taken down. But I know, God, that right now you are doing something inside of me for the future. I want to value that now. I don't want to have to wait five years and look back and say, oh, that was a great move of God. That was a great time that we had. I want to begin to, to, to value the times with our family more when we get together at Christmas or Thanksgiving and value those times because kids they grow up and 
and they're gone. I think it was last Christmas me and Michelle found ourselves at home by ourselves, wasn't it? Yeah. Boy, those are times you don't want to remember. Just forget those, you know. You can take it from me, but you cannot make me not want it. I want you to start wanting those moments in God. You can lock me up, but you can't keep me from remembering. The enemy may try to lock you up. He may put you in a storm, and he may try to take your memory away. But I tell you what, the enemy can't. I'm, I want to stir you this morning to, to rekindle that, that memory that's inside of you. You may be locked in a storm. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which way is up. But you can just begin to remember what God has done in the past. And he's going to begin to stir inside of you something that's going to get you through that storm. Just like he opened up the, 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 the Red Sea, he's going to open it up in your life. The only defiance that we have in the time that we live in is the moments, is our memory. And Jesus says, in this, do in remembrance of me. Don't ever forget who I am. Don't ever get so broken that you forget who God is. Hallelujah. I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering this morning, is there anyone here or listening to me online that God has done something in your life that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. Stand up with me this morning if the musicians want to come. We're going to play some music. We're going to worship God just for a minute before we take communion. Hallelujah. You know that you know that you know that God has done something in your life. How long has it been? How long has it been? Where's the longing inside of us? Do we long for those moments? Do we long for those times that God just opens up heaven and just begins to flood our heart and our soul? I want the music just to come up just a little bit. I want you to lift up your hands and your voices and just begin to worship God this morning. Just to begin to give him praise and say, God, I want this morning to be one of those mornings. I want this morning, Lord, to be a morning that I can look back upon for the ages and say, God, I met you there. You opened up heaven. You opened up the floodgates. And you begin to flood my heart and my soul. Let's just worship him this morning and give him praise and give him glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I know that I know that I know that God is real. And he's real in this place today. And he's worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be giving glory and honor this morning. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your voices unto God today. Worship him today. Worship him today. He is worthy to be worshipped. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The God Almighty. The I Am. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Father, we praise and give you glory and honor. We give you praise and glory today, God. 
of who you are, God. We remember what you did, but you know what, God? We leave today with a new anticipation of what you're going to do. Lord, you don't want us just to live in the past. It's okay for us to remember, God, what you've done. But we need anticipation inside of us. As a child of God, we should wake up every morning saying, God, what is it this morning that you have for me? An anticipation is today, today, that's going to be a benchmark day in my heart and in my soul. Lord, today is today that I want to serve you and give you glory and honor, that I want you to do something great in my life. Every day we should wake up with an anticipation. Every day we should wake up with joy in our hearts, knowing that we can be used of God today. Father, we glorify you. We worship you and we praise your name today because you are a good God, Father. You are a good God. Father, we anticipate this that the future of this church is going to be great. God, we anticipate that what you're going to do in this place is going to be mighty. Lord, we haven't seen nothing yet, Lord. Father, we haven't seen what you want to accomplish in this building here and through this body of believers. We've not seen it yet, God. We've not seen it yet. We marked in our calendars this day, God, so that when we see the hand of God move, Lord, when we see great way. Lord, when we see souls coming into the kingdom of God, when we see people that are, are sick and they're healed in Jesus' name, we can look back upon this day and say, God, this is the day. This is the day. And we give you praise and glory.